Good morning, church. You may be seated. September is a good month, isn't it? The birds, the bees, flowers. Last week we had our youth camp. And uh, in fact, it was, uh, it was a traumatic time for our teenagers because they had to go 48 hours without mobile reception. And uh, you should have seen, we didn't tell them, we, always, we never tell them, uh, because we find attendance drops off fairly rapidly when we say there's no mobile reception. But as soon as we started to get out, you know, beyond the realms of 4G, uh, you know, there was some real prayers going up to Jesus saying, Lord, we need something. And then there was absolutely, there was, there was nothing where we were. It was amazing. 48 hours with no devices, I tell you, God can speak when we eliminate the distractions. And uh, it was a great time, but September is a great month, warmer weather, and there just seems to be a freshness um, to the season of, of spring. And so, and I think there's a freshness in the life of our church as well. Uh, I believe God wants to speak, not just today, but in this season. And so if you do have your Bibles with you, I'd love it if you could turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, as Pastor Kerry said, you can follow on uh, in the YouVersion uh, Bible uh, app of today's notes. Matthew chapter 11, we're going to read a couple of verses. Starting in verse 2, it says this, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah, the Messiah being Jesus, was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. Let's pray this morning, Heavenly Father. God, there is no rival and there is no equal to you. God, when we hold you and your word up to anything else, it's like holding the sun to a candle. And so, God, I pray this morning that through your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to hearts and that you would speak to our situations. God, that we would have ears to hear and hearts that would lean in to what you want to do in the next 25 minutes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So one of the real dilemmas that I face continually and constantly is my ability to retain and remember names. And that's a real problem in my line of work. Uh, And so often I will, you know, use uh, different kind of uh, words to to navigate that difficulty. So sometimes it'll be, hey mate, hey buddy, hey pal, when I have forgotten the names. And many, many years ago when I first started out in ministry, there was a dear old lady that uh, was a, a great constant encouragement to me. And at no point did I ever uh, feel comfortable to ask her name. And so I pieced a few things together and, and uh, from what people had said about her. And, and um, the, the, the idea was that, excuse me, sorry. The idea was that I, I, I'd arrived at a place where um, her, her name was, was Ruth. Now, um, so who I thought she was wasn't actually her. And so this, this uh, idea that I had and, and, and people would talk about her and I assumed, yeah, I know who she is. I know, I know who she is. And then at, at, at one stage, at one stage, 
Excuse me, sorry, I'm just having a moment. At one stage, on a Sunday, someone had come to me and said, she's passed away. She's passed away. And so I, 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 I got to a point where, sorry. I got to a point where I had assumed that I knew who she was and then seven days later in a Sunday service, who I thought she was, was in church. (laughs) And I didn't know whether I needed to, you know, find another pastor and say, have I missed the rapture? Like what's, what's going on here? Have I just witnessed a miracle only to find out that I had I was so sure of who she was. I was so certain, but I had forgotten. I didn't know her name. I was, I was, and someone had to correct me. And I said, is, is, like, have we missed the funeral? What's going on? And it wasn't until someone clarified, no, you've actually got the wrong person. And so the mystery was solved. And so in Matthew chapter 11, we see John the Baptist, who wasn't certain, who was actually in quite a painful difficult, uncertain moment in his life. And much has been said about this passage from various theologians and commentators, but it's clear to me, and I'm assuming it would be clear to you, that there is an element of doubt in what John the Baptist is saying. Listen to the words. Are you the one, he says to his disciples, what I need you to do is go and get an audience with Jesus. And I need you to ask him, are you the one... Now. This is John the Baptist. Are you the one we've been expecting or is there someone else? Consider John the Baptist's life up until this moment. John the Baptist, the na- his name says it all. He was the one that baptised Jesus. He was the one that heard the audible voice from the clouds above the Jordan River. This is my son whom I'm well pleased. This is John. John was the cousin of Jesus. They grew up together. He was a significant figure. He was a speaker. He was a spiritual leader. But now he finds himself in prison, about to have his head cut off in the following couple of months. And he arrives at a moment, a difficult moment in his life. And it's in this moment that John the Baptist self-reflects and he he asks himself, am I sure? Has this this all been worth it? Have I really heard from God? Was that really the Messiah in the Jordan River? For clarity, I think we we can perhaps maybe give, give, give John some Forgiveness because, I mean, he's, he's about to face death. And so he's reached this moment in his life where this is not how I thought things would play out. And when your experience, what you're experiencing, doesn't align with your expectation, I'll tell you what happens, you get doubt. When what you thought would happen of how you thought life would play out no longer sticks to the script... You start to ask some questions. 
Is God really God? Is Jesus really there for me? Is he the one that we've been expecting or, or maybe there's someone else? And I think where we are at as the church, speaking broadly, not just civic church, but where we are at in 2022, I think there's some questions perhaps that some of us are asking in the church and is, is this really how we thought would play out? Because what we're experiencing isn't lining up with our expectation and so we, maybe we start to doubt. Is the church really God's plan for humanity? Should we actually take the Bible literally or is it more just you know figuratively? Does the Holy Spirit really live in me or is that just what we talk about on Sundays? We start to get doubt because what we're experiencing in our lives perhaps don't line up with our expectations. I know enough about cars to, to hold a conversation. But at times that dialogue can, can veer off into the deep end. And... The key for me to not look out of place and not look awkward in those conversations is, is just to remain confident. Is just to sort of, you know, drop words in there like camshaft and piston. And, and you can sort of get away with it. People, yeah, yeah, he, he knows what he's talking about. And, and, and sometimes when, you know, they start talking about things that you have no idea, you're just like, yeah, well, when, you know, when I'm working on my car, you know, and the camshaft is twisted that, Chassis and piston, you know, you know. And usually most people are like, you know, will, will allow that. But the key is to sound confident, to enter that conversation with a confidence. And you know what I think we tend to do in our Christian faith and in Christian circles? I think we tend to do that as well. Just sound overconfident. And I don't know when it became a thing in churches and in Christian faith communities, but often whoever sounds the most confident we deem the most spiritual elite. Whoever can walk into a room and say, well, God spoke to me this morning. Well, God said. And often what will happen is when we say things like that, you often get a new Christian like, so we'll ask the question, and this has happened many times in, in youth ministry where uh, 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 someone new to faith where they haven't heard the audible voice of God and they're like, so does, so does everybody hear the audible voice of God? Because often I'll hear you say, God spoke or God said, and I just haven't heard that audible voice. But we don't say that. We, I mean, pastors and preachers, we're notorious for it. God said, God spoken. And what we really mean, I've never heard the audible voice of God. But what we really mean is I, I, I get a sense, I get an in, impression, but... Instead, we want to sound confident and composed. We don't want to sound uncertain. We don't want to sound doubtful. I'm not saying that God doesn't speak, and I'm not saying that God hasn't spoken audibly to people. But what I am saying is that when you put the word God and said together, that is one of the most powerful statements you can ever have. When we say God said, geez, I hope he actually did say, and we're not just trying to sound confident. God said for me to do this. 
God told me to do this. God spoke. I really hope that God actually spoke and we're not just using that as a camouflage to live and lead our lives the way that we think and we're just happy to put God's name on it to sound confident and do what we want to do. In fact, in the early church, in the book of Acts chapter 15, they're faced, the early church is faced with this significant decision about what should we do with the Gentile believers? How, how, how what sort of, I guess, not laws, but how, how should we ask them to live their lives? Should we ask them to abide by the law of Moses, the Torah? Or is it the new covenant of grace? And look what it says in Acts chapter 15. This is one of the most significant decisions that actually impacts us today as Gentile believers. Acts chapter 15, verse 28. Look what it says. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these requirements. One of the most important decisions in the history of the church was based on a seemed good. I don't know how you read Acts chapter 15, but nowhere does it say that God spoke and God told and God said, but it seemed good. And what that means is, from what we know of Jesus, from what we know of God, we get an impression, we got a, an inkling from the, the, the consistency of God. It's, this is what it kind of seems like. But if we're not careful in church, that kind of approach, the seems approach, can often be viewed as less spiritual, less mature. Maybe I could help relieve some pressure in church today that hearing and being led by God is a, is a practice of the Christian faith, no doubt about it, but it's not a perfect one. And because of that imperfection, there will be times of doubt. I mean, when was the last time that you heard someone said, I, I thought I heard God say, but I actually had it wrong. It was more me than God. But we can be too afraid to make those kind of statements because it doesn't seem that they know that they have a relationship with God or they're not spiritual elite or they're not spiritually mature. But I actually think that is a spiritually mature statement. I had it right, but now I've got it wrong. If John was in our church today, John the Baptist was in our church today and he, and he had this moment found in Matthew chapter 11, I wonder how he would be treated. If John was in the modern day church today and he's had this moment of doubt, I wonder how he would be treated. How dare you, John? How dare you doubt Jesus? How dare you have a painful, difficult moment? Keep your voice down, John. Now we have to be a community where a John the Baptist can be brave enough to be honest, to be bold enough to wrestle and struggle with both faith and feelings and be allowed to breathe a little bit in a painful season without ridicule, condemnation or judgment. I love Jesus' reply. I love what Jesus says in reply to John's question. And usually when Jesus gets asked a question, most people would prefer the yes, no response. We would prefer just, you know, real simple, Jesus, yes, no. It's a yes, no question, Jesus. And he's like, I know. And then he provides another answer. And his reply addresses John's doubt and John's fears. 
This is what he says, Matthew chapter 11. He says, what have you heard and what have you seen? What have you heard and what have you seen? Sometimes to understand and to, and to confront our doubts in difficult moments, we have to understand, to understand what he is saying in that moment, we have to go back to what he said. Throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible, we see a pattern from God that He repeats Himself a lot. He's, he's a bit like the flight attendant that gives the emergency instructions at the beginning of every flight. Now, most of us, if we're honest this morning, we switch off. And then they death stare us when we put our headphones on because we're meant to be listening. But I don't know how many flights you've had, but I've had enough that usually when that emergency instructions come on, I mean, it's just, it's the same thing. Doesn't matter which airline that you fly with, it's the same oxygen mask comes down, brace position, you get your, your life jacket with your whistle and light, like that's going to do anything anyway. But you know, you get, you get these instructions over and over. But let me tell you, I've never been in an airplane crash, but if the, 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 the airline starts to go down, how many people know that you want to remember those instructions? I want to remember the brakes position. Where are the oxygen masks coming from? And we can be a little bit like that with God, where God repeats Himself over. And it's not until we hit a crisis that we have to go back to what God said. We have to remember what He said. In a moment of doubt, in a moment of difficulty, in a moment of mess where there seems to be no hope, can we go back to what God said? And can we see the consistency and the pattern of God? I think one of the greatest threats to Christian faith and to the church is not other religions, but it's apathy and our spiritual amnesia. We forget. We forget what God did for us. We forget what God has done for us. And sometimes when you're faced with a difficult moment, to understand what God is saying in that moment, maybe you have to go back to what God said. What have you heard and what have you seen? Jesus is saying when you say, what have you seen? In other words, look around. Look what I'm doing. We've become so insular and individualistic in our faith that we forget that God will often talk and move amongst groups of people. And so what will often happen is, well, God's not moving in my life. And so I'm not even really sure He's there for me. God hasn't done anything in my life recently. So I'm not even sure that God loves me. But we forget that God moves and talks amongst groups of people. And so I don't know what it's like for you, but when I see God moving in other people's lives, in this church, other churches around the nation, around the world, I don't know what it does for you. You might get jealous, but it actually gives me great comfort that God is still moving, that God has still got a plan. And yes, it hasn't happened for me yet, but God is still there. We can become so insular and individualistic in our faith. Well, God hasn't done anything in my life, but what's He doing around the world? What's He doing in the life of the church? What's He doing in your one-hour connect? What's He doing in your youth group? He's still moving. And that ought to address those moments of doubt. 
What has he done? What is his track record? I mean, there's a consistency. There's a dependability. There's a reliability to God. And that's what Jesus is trying to direct John's attention to. And I'll finish with this. Jesus lists six afflictions that he's dealing with. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the poor are being preached to. Now what you have to understand, what Jesus is saying, that is a loaded statement in reply to John the Baptist's fears and doubt. It's a loaded statement because it speaks to the traditional views of the prophecy of the Messiah. The prophecy stated in the Old Testament that there, that there would be a Messiah who would both be a conquering king and a suffering lamb. That's what the prophecy said, that there would be one who would be king, but also a suffering lamb. There would be one that would reign, but there would also be one that would be broken. And the Jewish people favoured one, as, one aspect of that prophecy more than the other. They favoured the prophecy of the conquering king. Why? Because of the Roman Empire. They wanted their Messiah to overthrow Rome because they were tired of being oppressed by the empire. And so they wanted their Saviour, they wanted their Messiah to be the conquering king, to lead a revolution to overthrow Rome. And so Jesus says to John, this is what I'm currently doing. The blind are seeing, the lepers are being cured, the deaf are hearing. Jesus is saying, I am both lion and lamb. I am strong, but I will also go to the suffering. I am king, but I also am lamb. I'm the suffering lamb, so I'll go to the suffering. What Jesus is saying to John and in fact to the whole Jewish people is, I care about the people that you don't care about. I care about the people that you've in fact discarded. And if we're not careful, church, when we face moments of doubt... And we're trying to hear from God. We're trying to make sense of what's going on in our life. We might only hear from either the king or the lamb. We might hear from the office of the king or we might hear from the office of the lamb. And often the way it works, the way that you're wired up with your personality, whichever you prefer is often the one that you want to hear. And so we have churches we have denominations. We have whole movements that are based on one or the other. We have movements that say, I'm, I'm a conqueror, I'm blessed, I'm the head, I'm not the tail. But then we have other movements and we have other denominations that say, I'm broken, I'm suffering, we're the marginalised. But Jesus says, I am both lion and lamb and I will speak from both places. And sometimes Jesus will speak to you as the king, but sometimes he'll speak as the suffering lamb. 
And this is the moment that Jesus is trying to address with John. When God is not like how you want Him to be, it causes doubt. John's in prison. John wants to be free. John's experience is not lining up with his expectation. And so God's not coming through for me the way that I thought He would come through for me. Where I am in life right now in 2022 is not where I thought I would be. And so we have doubt. And maybe we echo the same words as John. Should I look for another? Should I look for something else or someone else because it doesn't look like God's going to come through for me? Jesus says, what have you seen and what have you heard? I am both lion and lamb and I will speak to you from both places. Come on, stand with me, church. Heavenly Father, God, when we're faced with moments of doubt, it's a struggle, it's a wrestle if we're honest this morning. Between our faith and our feelings, between what we see and what you've said, and God, you've asked us to live our lives not based on sight, but on faith. God, I pray for people here today that maybe like John the Baptist, asking themselves, should I look for another? Is there something else? Because this Christianity thing doesn't seem to be working for me right now. God, I pray that the words of Jesus would reverb in their heart. What have you seen and what have you heard? God, that we would not forget the incredible work that you've done in our hearts, the incredible work that you continue to do right around this nation, right around the world. That we acknowledge today, God, that you are both lion and lamb. And that you speak to us from both. that we would look to the consistency and the pattern of who you are. In our difficult, doubtful moments. God, that we would be a community that allows people to have the wrestle and the struggle, the moment to breathe without fear of judgment, or condemnation, God, that we would be authentic with our faith, that we would be real before you and we would be real before others. And that is the power of community. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, church. Pray that you have an amazing rest of the week. Why don't you stick around for some morning tea for our civic social. God bless.